What's up, space monkeys? Sex monkeys. Naughty monkeys. Yeah. Barrel of monkeys. That would be an interesting twist of events. Hey, guys. AdamandEve.com is sponsoring us this week, and we've got a promo code, SEXNERD. You can get 50% off almost any item, free shipping, three free DVDs, and a super secret gift. And this week, during this episode, we will reference a couple things, including clip pumping. Now, AdamandEve.com doesn't really have a great clip pump from what I can see, but check out the Nip Suck Nipple Pumps for $29.95 because, hey, you get two of them, and if you've got a clit, you have options. You can put them on your nipples, you can put them on your clit, put them wherever you want, really. You can put them on your face, but then it might leave a weird mark. Also, the Fashionista's Nipple Suckers at $17.95. I don't know if the pump is big enough to fit around all the clits, but you'll hear later in the episode there's a neat little trick with the rings that come with them. Again, adamandeve.com, go there. Type in promo code SEXNERD and you'll get 50% off almost any item. Free shipping, three free DVDs, and the secret gift. All right, enjoy. Now entering Nerdist.com. Welcome to the Sex Nerd Sandra Podcast. Whoa, what are these kids doing in here? Hey, if you're under 18, go ask your mom. Now that we're alone, let's start the show. Alright, now for some fun stuff. Okay, one... Tomorrow night is the 100th episode. Oh my god, guys, it's here. Down at Busby's East, it's June 27th, 15 bucks at the door, or you can go to sexnerdsonder.com and save yourself a few bucks. We're going to have sexual superheroes Reed Mahalko and Jaya Ma on the house, comedian Sarah Benincasa, and porn star and sexual scientist Ned Mayhem. Oh my goodness. If you're debating on whether or not to come out tomorrow night, and you don't, and then you hear the podcast, you're going to be kicking yourself for not being in the room. Oh, it's going to be great. Okay, next up, scissoring. Turns out it is a thing. I've had several people email in being like, no, 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 my girlfriend was totally into that in college, or I love doing that right now every day. So different levels of enthusiasm. It's actually a thing. I love that we surmised that people do not do that, and then you completely changed the game. Thank you for all of those emails. Next up, thank you for you. You and you and you and you for telling your friends all about the podcast. I'm starting to get a large quantity of friends telling me that other people told them about the podcast, even though they hadn't mentioned that they knew me. So I'm getting this really interesting dynamic at parties and stuff where someone comes up and it's like, guess what happened? Someone totally knew who you were, and now you're like the celebrity that I know. I'm like, calm down, everyone. But at the same time, it's like, oh, thank you for sharing. Yay. And especially, I love you guys on iTunes. Thank you for commenting. Please, if you haven't, please do. And I just discovered the other country button on the bottom right-hand corner of the iTunes. And I can read your comments in Australia and Britain and in Canada. Uh, I want to go farther. I want to see what Uganda has to say and maybe South Africa. I think that'd be interesting. So there's that. Now getting back to this week's episode. I don't know about you, but I have been around some trans folks or gender ambiguous folks who I was like, I would love to ask this person many questions. I am so curious to know so many things and all the things I probably don't even know, but I want to know them about their sex life, their junk, how to refer to them, 
how to talk to them, how to ask them questions, and I was too shy to ask. So I went into this episode with those questions in mind because who knows, chances are each one of us is going to run into at least one trans person in our life, either as a coworker or a neighbor or your friend's brother who is now their sister. You never know. So as someone who's been on a date with someone that she suspected as trans and then didn't say anything and then had this really awkward hookup that could have been way better if one of us had been able to talk about it, which we didn't, I go into this episode with an open heart and a lot of uncomfortable questions. All right. Thank you to Cadence and JT, who are very nervous, especially JT. So I start them off slow. I kind of lube up the conversation. We ramp up. We get into it. And by the end, we're talking about juicy, sexy, sexy stuff. So enjoy the ride. Okay. So one, we have the Meltdown show going on downstairs. Right. Which means we might hear laughter, and so you listening at home, hey guys, you, we, it's like right now we're in a building full of happy, and just we're going to be talking about awesome today, and then also downstairs there's awesome happening. It's just like, oh, oh, look at all those people out there standing in line for Meltdown Show. There's so many people outside. The awesome is just going to waft up, up to, up to this room. Mm, I hope it smells good. Mm. Uh, Yeah, could smell terrible. Yeah, awesome. Couldn't have so many scents. <laughs> <laughs> what is the smell? When you awesome? get so many awesome people together, mm-hmm. it's a lot of smells that are mixed together. Mm. Mm. So, disclaimer: today we are talking about trans stuff. Woo! I say trans stuff as the most ineloquent possibility of how <laughs> to summarize it, but the truth is, is we're going to talk about a lot of stuff. But also, listener friend, Naughty Monkey, you at home. Please note that we're all speaking from our personal experiences, all of us. So definitely um, only take it as some sort of societal officialness when I'm talking to a sociologist or an anthropologist or a psychologist and they're referencing science things. Other than that, we're talking from personal experience. Right, guys? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Super personal. Am I allowed to say guys? Cadence? Yeah, I'm totally fine with that. Okay. I'm more than okay with that. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so I'd like to introduce Cadence and JT. Hi. Hello. Hello. I'm Cadence. I'm JT. Yay. Oh, good team. Um, Cadence, I know you might be a little excited right now. A little bit, yeah. (laughs) Because Cadence has been a listener for a while. How long have you been listening to the show? I don't know. Like, I honestly can't say how long I've been listening right. to it, but a long, long time. All right. Cool. Yeah. All right. And you even came to one of the live shows. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think we came to the um, Being Single episode. Oh. That was with Ivan and the Fire Play. And nice. That was fun. That was a fun day. Yeah. That was, good t- that was a good day. Yeah. And tell us a little bit about, like, what do you like in the world? Like, you've got a Mickey Mouse bracelet on. Like, what, I- what are your passions? Tell us just a little bit of your passions. Yeah, that's right. I didn't tell you guys I'd be asking about what your passions are. Jeez. You as a person. What do you? Th- what are you into? What TV shows do you like? What What's your favorite food? Damn it, Sandra. What's that, your life dream? I thought dream? we were going to talk about sex, not personal shit. All the things. <laughs> Come on now. Um, yeah, well, you know, I had to have my Mickey Mouse bracelet. I love Disneyland. Disneyland's the best thing ever. I think there was a whole year when my girlfriend and I would go once a week at least so that's we, good yeah we went yeah we went a lot what's on your netflix uh list on my netflix list what, what do you like to watch what do i like to watch i like to watch many things disney movies i keep trying to get jt to watch waking life 
Oh, I love Waking Life. It's one of my the favorites. Best movie. I can't wait. I've heard a lot about it. Yeah, I can't stop talking about it. You don't have to be high, but it is a different experience. Oh, it's amazing. I mean, that was, a, that was the way I saw it the first time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, cool. And yeah, no, wait. What? White Waking Life and Disneyland are not my only passion. I swear. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um. Yeah. No. I'm an artist, so that's like my biggest passion. Oh, right. So I'm a, and 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 life. I love life. Life is the best. What kind of art? Um, mostly I do inks, watercolors, mm-hmm. a lot of traditional stuff. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm trying to like move into digital, but it's expensive to like get the gear to like actually. I can see that. Be fine and working. Yeah, but mostly I just do like digital stuff. But hand drawn uh, I mean, stuff. Hand drawn stuff. I mean, yeah. Oh man. Yeah. So it's fun though. I'm trying to. Get, I'm actually trying to get an idea of, of doing a web comic and trying to get that off the ground. That is so hot. <laughs> do it. Yeah, I want to. It's gonna be awesome. <sighs> can you draw yourself? Yeah, I could draw myself. Cadence has a fantastic look. I just Do like I? adorable. Yes. yes, she does. Totally. Yeah, somebody um at work actually told me that the first time they met me they thought I was a comic book character. Like that I would have my own comic book. You do already. have that vibe, just your hair, like just is this fun and your glasses and you just seem like a like a big excited kid about life. Yeah. You know? That's, that's so pretty much, much yeah, pretty energy much and yeah. excitement. It's great. Yeah, that sums me up pretty well. Um and so well actually before we can get, get into the, the meat of it, JT Hello. Hello. Welcome, JT. Thank you. So, tell us a little bit about your passions, what you're excited about in life. I've actually never even asked you guys as friends this question, so I'm curious now. I know, it's kind of crazy, but um, honestly, my passions right now are my work, Um, getting to learn about sex and sex education, and then I'm really finding out my kinky side, which is my biggest passion right now. Nice. Uh, yeah, we skipped yeah. over that part for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So those things are my biggest passions. But I want to study communication along with transgender people in therapy and see, like, how different transgender people navigate their way through therapy to get the resources that they need. You mean talk therapy? Talk therapy, mm-hmm. um, definitely. But with trans people, it's like a interwoven community of your therapist, your hormone provider. Like, So I'm interested in just in general finding more out about the transgender population and how we walk through the world. Huh. Yeah, see, he wants to help people. I just want to draw pretty pictures. All important in the spectrum of life. It's all true. very important. <laughs> and so both of you identify, like, how, how do you, okay, first of all, what are your preferred pronouns? For me, it's female, like female pronouns, like okay. she, her. Okay. That works for me. And for me, it's he and him. Were, what's your, what were you born, like, what's on your birth certificate, or what was on your birth certificate? Well, still for me is female on my birth certificate. I have not continued, or I haven't had the chance to go further with that, but Cadence has a different experience mm-hmm. with that. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, I just got my court order, so everything's legally changed now. I just have to go and actually go to social security, go to the DMV, go to my banks, go to everything and just start getting everything changed. But nice. but my name is changed and my gender marker is now going to be changed. This was what 2 weeks ago or something? Yeah, like really recently. Right, we were at Pride and I think everyone was celebrating the yeah, fact that Yeah, it was like 2 days before Pride. Okay, that's right. Courts, yeah. Yeah, no that's a big deal. Yeah, it was a really big difficult. deal. It's How a huge <laughs> deal. It's exciting. 
Yeah, I put it off for long enough. And so is this, like, can you do this in any state to change your birth, uh, your sex on your birth certificate? I'm, I'm not sure. I, I know it's a lot easier here. It's California, um, yeah. in California, yeah, because there's a lot of people that I've read online that they just want to do it and they have to go through, like, a lot of the things are really embarrassing, like, not, not, well, I guess it's not embarrassing, but it's unfair where they require you to actually live as the, as the, um, preferred gender of yours, like what mm-hmm. you choose, um, for Wait, at least three. Wait, hold, okay, hold on a fine. second. The meltdown, I think Ed Salazar is getting crazy down there for people to <laughs> calm down. <laughs> it's just comedy. <laughs> okay. Oh. How do you prove that you're living as your preferred gender? Yeah, that's what I don't understand is how the proof comes in. Because like they said, like, you know, your preferred gender, you're supposed to live as that preferred gender for three months before we'll even consider, you know, letting you go on hormones or letting you see the doctor or letting, pretty much anything. Like, and it's kind of ridiculous because it's dangerous. And especially in a lot of those states where they have those regulations, it's mm-hmm. dangerous for trans people in general. So it'd be safer to have the document changed and then go through your transition, boom, I would think so, yeah. Absolutely. So it all lines up. Yeah. Definitely. Because whenever you go somewhere, you have to show your ID. Mm-hmm. And when you don't match the gender on your ID or even the yeah. picture at times, it makes it really difficult. Yeah, absolutely. I panic every time I have I get carded, like anywhere. Even if I'm, like, like if I'm at, let's say, at Disneyland and I'm going to pay for something and I have my annual pass, so they want to see my ID. Mm-hmm. And then they'll ask me, well, like, oh, well, is was this person here? And I'm like, yeah, that's me. That's my legal name. And they're like, oh, oh, okay. And it's like, they don't make a big deal about it, but... That's better than violence or anger. Yeah, no, totally. It's yeah, way better. But, but still, it's awkward but as it's, hell. it's awkward. It's just like, okay. Yeah, no, that's me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that's me. Yeah, <laughs> right. It's weird. That happened to me today when I was cashing my check. I go to the liquor store every day and they assume I'm he... And they saw my legal name on the check and were like, is this you? I was like, yeah, that's me. I'm just not that person anymore. <laughs> what was their reaction to that? Oh, they were really receptive. They're like, okay. But it just it brings up a, cre- a question every time you have to yeah. show your ID. Oh, it's so stressful. How long was the process from starting the three month period of finding proof of that to getting the marker changed. Well, see, that's a cool thing is that here I didn't have to do that. Like I literally just went to the doctor and I got, you know, as long as my, you know, my blood work was fine and it wasn't going to be dangerous. They started me on the hormones and, you know, they warned me about all the side effects and, you know, being sterile and all that stuff. Mm So, um, here we don't have to do that, but I put off doing the process for a long time because I think it was only recently, maybe in the last like six months or something, I don't remember, uh, or maybe the last year, that you don't actually have to have proof that you've had surgery um, to oh. get your name changed in California. So a lot of places they do like require that um, proof. And actually the Social Security Administration just changed the law that you don't have to have proof of sexual reassignment surgery to change your social security status. Oh, that's huge. Yeah, that's it's really, really big. Yeah, so let's back up a minute because now we're getting into surgery, which is a whole thing. Right, yeah. Well, okay. Who, okay, who here at the table wants to define transgendered for me? JT, go for it. Okay, pressure's on. <laughs> um, to me, transgender is someone 
that doesn't feel that they fit society's regulations of their born gender. In other words, I was born female, and I don't feel that I fit into the feminine realm of society. I present as male, I feel more masculine, so for me, I'm transgender in the sense that I'm more masculine. Yeah, because that's one of the things that you start discovering as you like transition. It's not so much that you're going to leave one box and go to the other. You just start realizing that that screw boxes and you can be kind of whatever you want to be. And mm -hmm. if this is who you are, I don't see why anybody else should have a problem with it. I'm not bothering anybody else. I don't understand why my gender expression is going to offend someone else. Like, it doesn't make sense to me. I think that the boxes are very stifling. and For everyone involved, really. Yeah. yeah, for everyone. Not for transgender people alone, but for society as a whole. Because I feel that the boxes are really generic and they don't leave any room for individuality mm -hmm. at all. And I believe more in a continuum than the boxes. As in, there's not one female and not one male. There's a whole variety of genders. Right. Then you just said male and female, but to my understanding, when you say male or female, you're referencing sex, which is um, chromosomal. It's biological, what you're born as. Mm -hmm. But gender is more when you're saying man, woman, he, she, cultural stuff. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, see, that, that's another problem you come across. It's like we all have this like common language so that we can talk about it so you know what we're saying. But then it's like you don't want to keep pushing that language and keep it alive because it, it doesn't fit everyone. So it's like you can't, it's kind of troublesome. Like, you know, you, you want to just be able to talk freely, but then it's like you're coming up with these new sets of um, words to use in everyday life just so that you can kind of appeal to everyone and it, it gets tricky especially for someone like me because like I I wanted to transition and I wanted to go all the way to the other side and mm -hmm. I was going to be super girly and I was going to be this and then I was like well no that doesn't really fit well so then I started kind mm -hmm. of pulling back and going back and forth and like you said I'm just kind of somewhere in the middle now and I don't mm -hmm. really identify as anything except myself and I get that too because Passing now, as in passing meaning being perceived as a male. Passing is very important for a lot of people. It is, but it's also kind of a conundrum in the sense that I went out to a bar the other night and I was like, wow, I really present as male. I can't really hit on the females because it's a gay bar and they would see me as a male hitting on a female, but I can't really hit on the guys because I don't have a penis. So it's kind of like trying to find a place to fit in. Dating must be quite an interesting experience. How do you, how do you two identify in terms of orientations? That's who we're attracted to. Right. Um, I mean, for a while, I, I, I was just straight up lesbian. Like, mm -hmm. that's how I identified um, so just because somebody might be getting confused, the so born right, okay. male, born male uh, prefers he she. Um, oh, shit, what am I saying? <laughs> is now preferred pronoun she. Right. You you're you identify as a woman. Right. 
and you identify you identified for that time as a lesbian right and now and now I'm just more kind of like pansexual like it doesn't really like I mean for anybody that doesn't know pansexual is just it doesn't matter like the, I love the way my girlfriend puts it she's like I don't care about what bits you have if I'm attracted to you I'm attracted to you that's yeah. pretty much it not to say that I'm attracted to everyone because a lot of people get that confused. It's like, oh, you're pansexual. You want to have sex with everything. But it doesn't it's always like, line up with anything. It's like, oh, I'm attracted to that person, that person. And this year, I'm attracted to these people. And then yeah. right now, I'm, you're really hot over there. You know? Yeah, it's like, yeah. like in everyday life, like I'm only really checking out like female-bodied people. But then it's like I watch Doctor Who, and I'm like, swoon. <laughs> and it's like, oh, doctor. And P.S., um, <laughs> sometimes listeners will mention on, on tweets and, and emails, like, you know, you say female-bodied person and male-bodied person a lot. Right. What is that about, and why are you... Do you really always have to do that? And, and the truth is because I know we have a vast range of human beings listening to the show, and sometimes, especially if we're talking about genital pleasure, we're, I just need to simplify it as to what that person's body is, not anything about their gender or anything else, mm-hmm. and just like, this is how you play with a clit. Female-bodied exactly. person. Exactly. Yeah. No? female body is a clit. And then male it, body... Penis. Yeah. But then you might call your clit a penis, or you might call it a well, you know what it's like all oh, the language. I, I call mine a puzzle. You call you, you call your bits a puzzle. Yeah, you're like yeah, it's play with my puzzle, yeah. lick my puzzle. Like it's that. like it's not one thing or another. It's just it's what I have. Just it feels good. Yeah, That's pretty much all. That Nerve endings are all there. Yeah, it's all fine. Um, and I just want to clarify that when I said female body in that in that sense, I, I meant more like. Not necessarily like, you know, obviously like not thinking about their genitalia, but it's just female body. Like I, you know, feminine representing, feminine representing. Yeah. Like I like, you know, um, you know, soft skin and curves and boobs. Boobs Mm. are awesome. Boobs are great. Boobs. Yeah. yeah, They're pretty nice. Uh, how about you, JT? Um, I identify as pansexual before I identified as male. I was, I went through pretty much everything. Honestly, I tried to be everything. I, tried to be straight like really female presenting I tried to be a lesbian just middle ground I tried um yeah that's basically it and now I identify as pansexual um it's different since I've been on testosterone because the hormones go way up so I'm pretty much attracted to Anyone? Testosterone, <laughs> I hear, does that, right? Yes. Not to everybody, but to a lot of people. A yeah. lot of people, not everyone, but <laughs> definitely for me. Cadence, how did estrogen um, do you? Um, like when I was researching it, I, I knew that a lot of people said that your sex drive is going to drop a lot. And that scared me because I'm a really sexual person. Mm-hmm. But it didn't actually, like it dropped significantly, but not when I was turned on like that's what I thought like I thought like even when I was turned on even when I was in that mode it was going to be really hard um, to like get aroused or even like get in that uh, you know in in the mood but what happened was is that now it's just not bothering me on a normal day where like before like I always make this joke with JT where I say like before like I could be driving down the car and if I see something out of the corner of my eye and I just have to look I'm like okay this is dangerous but I'm going to look like I just have to and right now, I, I, it doesn't really bother me like to have to look, like check someone out. Like it, it's not on my radar unless it's like gonna happen. Or Wait a minute! I am driven to glance and check out everyone. <laughs> sometimes, yeah. um, does that mean I have high testosterone? I mean, it's possible. I don't know. I'm just saying that like it's easier to ignore now 
That's yeah, what it I, is. I totally get yeah. that. But then I'm like, well, what about me? I mean, I'm, ooh. We're all different, well, Sandra. It's okay. Oh, is that the lesson today? Yeah. We're, we're, all, all, different. we're all different. But we're all a mix of everything. It's exactly. Okay. Cadence and I have <laughs> talked about this, and it's almost like we've, like, taken each other's differences and gone the other way, like... For me, I, I've always been a sexual person, but I've been like, okay, I won't like get real disturbed by s- missing out seeing someone hot. But now it's like, oh, I have to look. Totally. It's more intense. Yeah, there's like a pain you feel when you don't, when you're like, what? I missed it. Oh. <laughs> exactly. So, considering at this table we have three people. And we reference the phrase cisgendered. We've talked about cisgendered before. CIS right. is how you gendered. Now, is cis dash gendered or just cisgendered? No dash. Do you know? I'm not sure. Do you know why it's actually cis? Do you know where Ooh, that comes it's, from? Um, it's, a, it's a homogen. Mm, I knew at one time, yeah, definitely. I, I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure this is accurate, but it's the opposite of trans in Latin. Okay. So that's where it comes from. Yeah, like I like to see it as like the inside matches the outside. Like you were just put in the right package. And for me, my insides did not match my outsides and it was torture. It was like I was trapped mm-hmm. into this body that I didn't want. And, um, you know, and then after transitioning, it was like, okay, now the outside's starting to match a little more of my inside and I feel more comfortable. And especially surrounding yourself with people who are accepting, like you feel just relaxed and you're like, oh, finally I can be myself. There is something about that. Um Because even, like, I'm, technically I'm cisgendered. Kind of. The thing is, I I appear pretty femme, uh, long hair, kind of girly. But I've done a lot of, um, for one, buying more masculine clothing is really frustrating and difficult and really kind of unattractive on me. Like, it just, like, guy clothing on me just looks, like, not right. For me, I actually, like... We all work at the pleasure test together. That's actually how we all came together. Um, woo! I, and when like Mike used to work there as a manager, every day, like one day I'd be super girly, the next day I'd be like super butch and like girly butch, girly butch, and people are like, "What are you?" <laughs> and I'd be like, "I don't know." <laughs> um, but dresses are just way more comfortable. I'm finding so it's yeah. just sort of like easier to dress myself like this. And it's a one piece outfit. Just Dude, throw it on. It's done. Dresses. Yeah. It's the easiest thing. It's the easiest thing in the world. Oh, my God. And people are like, like your dress. Ooh, someone's dressed up. You're like, this was easier than putting on pants. Yeah. Yeah, see, it that's really their experience. <laughs> <laughs> my experience is, wow, what are you wearing? You do not look right in that dress. <laughs> in terms of when you've worn dresses? Yes. <laughs> like, I went through a phase where I thought I was straight and tried to be feminine, and I pretty much look like I was dressing in drag. <laughs> wow. Like, that was my comfort level. That's what I... Well, not to say that drag queens aren't comfortable, but for me, I felt like I was in drag in the sense that I wasn't wearing what matched me. Yeah, you're dre- in a costume, right? yes. masquerading. Yeah. yeah. I even... Through that phase, I even had a tat, a gay pride tattoo mm-hmm. covered up because yeah. I thought that hard that I was going to be a straight female. Do you have pictures? 
I mean, not with you necessarily, but yeah. I would love to see pictures sometimes of the journey of the different like attempts at different ways of being. Oh, I'll yeah. look for them. I'm sure I have them, but I'll look for them. Yeah, because I was actually just telling him, like, for some reason, like, I mean, it's probably not every trans person, but from the ones that I've talked to and, like, befriended or anything, we all seem to be going through this phase where right before we dis- we, like, figured out who we were, what we were, we decided to go like super masculine or super feminine like or get crazy. Like just get crazy right before you decide. Cause you're like, you know what? I'm going to try this one more time. Oh, that's I'm really try funny. Really hard. It's and totally so I, true yeah. as in my experience too. Yeah. Cause I, in my, I have pictures of me with like this giant, like pointy goatee beard. Like I, I have you ha- I was, guys, you have to <laughs> bring that in for me at oh, some yeah. point so I can see that. Cause that's amazing. That journey. One thing I have noticed through my life you can cut this if it's boring. <laughs> okay, one thing I've noticed through my life is my entire life I've been served, even since I was a child. Interesting. Yeah, like even since I was a child, people weren't sure if I was a little boy or a little girl. And even, like, I don't remember a time that I have not been served. And it just kind of shows that a person's energy really shows through more than what they're presenting as. Interesting. How about you? Or have you been mammed? No. Missed? I know. There was a couple of times, yeah, because in high school, I let my hair grow, like, really long, like, big old metal head. (laughs) (laughs) So, like, my hair was, like, past my shoulders. And I think one time I I was with the girl I was dating at the time at a restaurant, and I had my head down looking at the menu, and the waitress came up and was like, oh, so whenever you're ready, ladies. And I remember my girlfriend getting really upset at me Uh for, like, looking feminine, and she was really pissed off, and she wanted me to cut my hair. Yeah, she was crazy. (laughs) Well, she wasn't crazy, but... We were young and she was upset. It's an odd reaction, reason. right? Yeah, yeah, it was really weird. I, like, I, I don't know why she was mad at me. Yeah, usually it'd be yeah. like, uh, rep- like defending you if if someone's offended. Usually, is to defend the person who. Yeah, was and mistaken. I wasn't offended. Right. It was just kind of funny. I was like, oh, that's because my hair really is long. <laughs> oh, so you didn't have a secret thrill of like, oh, ladies? No, see, I didn't know that. I don't want to say that anything was wrong, but that anything was askew in my life because. Like, as far as I could see, like, I would I would always, like, you know, use reference of everything that was around me. So, as far as I could see, I was just like everyone else. I was a man, and I was attracted to women. So, mm-hmm. it was fine. Like, that was fine. But there's not a relationship I didn't have in my, in my youth that at one day, they were just like, you know, you are not enough of a man for me. Like, I don't know what it is, but it's upsetting me and you need to be more take charge and you need to do this. And you do and they started putting all these like things that I should be doing mm-hmm. and it would make me feel bad. Like they would emasculate me at the mm-hmm. time. And so I, I never knew what was wrong with me. At, and it wasn't until, you know, three years, three years ago that I really figured out like, oh, OK, so there was something like wrong with me. And I put that in air quotes, but there there is something to it. And I, then I started to try to figure it out. Yeah, and the only reason I started even going on that journey to figure it out was because um, my current girlfriend, we were dating at the time, and she was like my best friend from before. So I felt incredibly comfortable to talk to her about anything. So when I started getting those feelings again, like there's something wrong, I don't understand, I'm getting really stressed out, I have these weird feelings of wanting to cross-dress, what is that? I talked to her about it instead of hiding it, 
like every time before. Mm-hmm. And so when I talked to her about it, she's like, oh, well, we should explore that. That'd be fun. That'd be pretty cool. Awesome. And then a year later, I was like, you know what? I think I'm trans. And she's like, I knew it. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Her and then you guys are in love and stuff? Oh, yeah. Four years strong. Oh, her girlfriend's so awesome. She is. It's really fun to see. I feel like, okay, I feel like we handled, okay, before we get into the sexy, I want to double check something. Now, you're getting served, you're getting ma'am, you're getting missed. Have you had the thing where somebody said uh, the pronoun or called you something different than what you'd preferred and then them like look white as a ghost because they realize they may have offended you or whatnot? Like, oh, here's my, okay, here's the base of my question. People out in the world, I assume, have good intentions and want to just everybody get along. But then when they come across someone where they're not sure about gender stuff, suddenly get choked up because they don't want to offend you and they don't know how to go about conversing sometimes because simple words, they might stumble over language and that can be highly stressful. I've experienced it myself and like I've felt my heart beating faster just like trying, I'm trying, I'm trying like when Mm -hmm. someone prefers pronoun they and it's like that's the hardest to get used to just verbally. Oh yeah, because you're so used to your language like it just kind of comes out of you. It's natural and suddenly it becomes this awkward dance. So with that in mind, what are some key things for someone listening to understand when they're around a trans person? Not to say that you represent everyone, but to make everything comfortable or questions they can ask um, where they won't offend someone. What do you think? I mean, I always feel that if you're just polite and ask questions, I, I don't see a problem with it. Like, I think it's just when people just start assuming or they're just, you can see they're like just purposefully negligent then mm-hmm. it's just like what are, what are you doing like now you now you're being an ass but if you if you're asking questions if like you're what? if you're if you're like i mean if you're just like oh what are your preferred pronouns or oh i'm sorry was was i not supposed to call you that or is that okay or can we talk about this like i'm like yeah sure that's fine as long as they're like curious and they and they're being respectful like cuz i've had people like just recently at pride somebody you know was trying to point me towards the urinals while I was waiting waiting for the women's restroom and I was mm-hmm. just like okay that's that's not okay and then they looked really embarrassed and they walked Aww. away so it was just like but if you would have just been like oh I'm I'm so sorry like if it was nothing I would have gotten over it but the fact that they just walked away from me like it was like oh my god this is a horrible situation now I have to leave I felt bad cuz now I have made them felt feel right, bad and they have this awful memory of of embarrassing someone but you mean they were just walking by and be like Hey, bro, urinals are <laughs> over there like that. And no, they were actually working at the at the uh, at the bar. Oh, okay, cool. And it, it was fine. I mean, it was dark in there. You know, it's like you know the whole club lights were on and everything. But um, I think it was just that he walked away and looked really like just like oh no. Like then I started to feel guilty that he felt bad, and then I was like oh well that makes me feel bad now. Like just- so after he said what would you have said if he had stood there with a horrified look on his face like ah <laughs> yeah i would have just been like oh no i'm sorry like i'm waiting for the women's restroom and if he would have been like oh i'm I'm so sorry you know it's, it's dark in here or anything he could have even yeah. made up an excuse just been like look i'm i'm sorry i wasn't thinking and i'd be like oh that's fine don't worry about it <laughs> yeah for me that's the thing i'm an open book pretty much as long as you're being respectful and coming from a place of wanting knowledge Mm -hmm. I'm totally open to ask anything but when you come at me kind of aggressive and defensive like well because of these cues like I have bigger breasts so like because of that social cue you're at fault for me perceiving you as female yeah there was like well i'm right because i saw this and i'm sorry if you don't agree like you know don't don't do that exactly. and i think there's a stereotype that 
all trans people will freak out if you ask them questions mm-hmm. and from everybody i've talked to they're like i don't care if people ask me questions as long as they're respectful okay. just don't assume but then there's a, the question now let's say someone's gender amb- i mean gender ambiguous i feel like that's a neutral term right mm-hmm. androgynous sexy androgynous or just androgynous. Sorry, that's my own. <laughs> Those are my own values. Putting putting on that. No, no, it's pretty sexy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah sexy androgynous. Okay. Yeah. I would assume that some people out in the world appear gender and androgynous, but they feel very much a woman or a man. Mm-hmm. But to an outside person, they're like, I am not sure if I should say what I how I should talk to this person in terms of words to use. But I'm sure it's not the first time. But you don't want to offend that person who's not trying to be trans anything. Yeah. They just mm-hmm. so then you don't want to offend them. Uh, what do you do? Oh God! It's really confusing, but I think if you, like you said, if you come from a place of humility and just really wanting to know, that's okay. But if it's like I have to know to put you in the right box in my brain, mm-hmm. like offensively, that's. Not so yeah. good. And I think I think we have it easy because we can go up to somebody androgynous and be like, "Look, I'm I'm not trying to offend you. I just want to know, you you know wh- you know what your pronouns are, or whatever. It's just because I'm trans, so that's why. Like I'm just asking to be like, oh oh okay, it's cool then. <laughs> like oh. I think like it's easier that way because it'd be like, no, because I'm trans. See, that's why I'm asking. Very because true. It's it's a thing that's in my world. Well, fine, you have permission. Then. <laughs> the rest of us just need to you know, suck it suck up. Suck it up. Oh. <laughs> Um, and then the question, of course, arises, so you're going to get surgery? It's That's a tough question. It's an awful question, I know, because... No, it's not an awful question. It's a no. tough question, though. Because It's a hard one, yeah, but it's a logical question. Yeah, because when I first started, um, decide, when I first decided that I wanted to transition, I, I wanted to go you know, all the way. I was going to do hormones. I was going to do surgeries. I was going to do everything I possibly could, facial surgery, everything. Um, and then as you kind of progress, you start really thinking of the logistics, like it's expensive, it's dangerous. It might not be exactly what you want. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, it's, it, it gets hard. And, and there are days and weeks when I go like, yeah, I'm going to do it one day. And then there are days and weeks when I'm just like, no, I'm happy with what I have and who I am. And that's fine. And there are days and weeks where I'm like, I'm not doing it just because it's expensive and you know, I could die on the operating table. So then here's a question. Hmm. Um, I'll just call it bottom surgery. Right. For ease um, of language. How has estrogen affected your genitalia? Has it, has it changed at all? Other, I mean, really the only big change has been like my testicles have shrunk. Mm-hmm. Uh, like a significant amount. But everything else has been pretty fine. Like I, I heard a lot that it was going to be. I mean, that's untrue. It's it's harder to get erections. Ha, <laughs> play on words. Um, <laughs> and it's harder to keep them longer. Um, but... I uh, I like in that you come quickly or that it goes down and up and it just goes down and up and down and up. Yeah. Like it just kind of, it just fluctuates. And for a long time it took, it took me a while to get used to that and being like, no, that's okay. Like I'm still sexually aroused. It's still fine. I just kind of had to rework my brain and how, what I, what sexy time was, you know, it's not Mm -hmm. necessarily that I was just like rock hard and and that was it for the whole time. Um, So like it was fine if it was softer or if it was fine, if it was like going away or whatever, like you can still orgasm without, you know being erect being erect yeah so yeah it's hard it's harder but i think i mean size wise nothing changed but i did read it was going to change a lot and it really didn't it's been fine do you mean when you see the testicles change do you mean the actual testicles inside yeah inside they got smaller like like, what are we talking about in terms of like are we talking 
went from eggs to grapes or are we talking like small blums or like or like what are we i mean i just what does that mean Do you sh- i guess it depends on the person but yeah, i really i guess it really depends on where you start yeah but it, i'd say it was at least 50 percent like shrinking just smaller yeah just smaller and then does that I mean sorry these are really but it's also interesting just how the body changes does the scrotal sac get smaller to adjust to that size or is it just a little bit looser it's no it's it's i think i mean I'm pretty sure it's about the same size because okay. um, I because I have read that because um, one of the surgeries you could get if you wanted to stop taking at least one of the pills, the testosterone blockers was to get an orchiectomy, which is a removal of the testicles. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I did read that if you get an orchiectomy, there's less skin to um, to um, to like use if you're going to plan to get bottom surgery and actually get like, you know, a vagina. Oh, okay, so it's um, good to keep it around in case in case you want to. So right. it's like you know, so that's why I haven't done that yet, at least. Cause right, because who knows what scientific medical exactly d- developments will happen. Mm-hmm. Okay, sorry, those are really private questions. Oh, it's totally fine. But at the same time, it's interesting. Yeah, it's interesting. JT, how about you? I'm pretty much the opposite. I went into my transition. I don't really call it a transition because I feel like the rest of my life, I'm I'm not attempting to be a cisgender male. I'm attempting to be a trans male the best I can. So I'm like I'm not trying to assimilate into society as a man, per se. It gets really confusing, but. It's hard to say that I want to pass as a cisgender man. It's hard to say that you want to pass as a cisgender man? Yeah, because I don't really want to. I don't want to lose my visibility. Okay. Because all my life I've had visibility in the sense of being a lesbian, being a butch dyke, being someone trying to be straight in a dress when it didn't fit. Hmm. So it feels weird fitting into society looking like a male even though I haven't had any surgery and I went into being trans as I'm fine how I am I don't want surgery I don't want to be on hormones I don't want to do anything I'm just fine how I am but then coming into my identity I decided to start testosterone And that has made me more comfortable in my own body. Mm -hmm. Um, I go back and forth about top surgery, um, like having my breasts taken away, Mm -hmm. um, because I like them in the sense that they keep me a trans male, but I still have anxiety and shame around them because they make me a cisgender female. So it's kind of a catch-22. Yeah, and I would say that it gets complicated in the sense, like, like there are parts of me that want to completely pass because there are certain things in life where, let's say you read, like, about this cool seminar or this cool, like, retreat or something really awesome, and then it's, like, women only, and then it's, like, well, what does that mean to you? Mm-hmm. Because when it doesn't specify, like, women only of all orientations of everything, as long as you identify or, like, you know, anything like that, it's hard because then you, you can't discern like, well, is it going to be okay that I'm there? Are they going to welcome you? Are you going to welcome me? Are you going to be angry? It's like, you have a penis. Get out of here. What are you doing? It's like, didn't you see women only? It's like, but I am a woman. But at the same time, I don't want to, like you said, lose my visibility because I didn't know anything about 
what being trans was until mm-hmm. I started to figure it out for myself. And I found out later that the reason is because so many people just want to pass. And then once they do, they just disappear into the shadows and never interact with the trans community again. They don't have it. They don't oh, talk I about see. it. They just pass and that's it. And they're gone. And I want to be there for the next generation if they need help, if they need an example, if they need a role model, anything. I, like, I don't want people to n- not know that I'm trans, which sounds weird. But no, that's, that's an interesting thing because you want to work, hmm, like you want to be visible as a trans person. Mm-hmm. I would just like it to be accepted. Right, like, you know? oh, that person's a dude, that person's a lady person, that person's a trans person, probably... F- feminine identify like you mean like that like you just you want to be the third category yeah like i don't mind if people know that i'm trans i don't i don't mind if people talk to me oh yeah i have a trans friend or i have this or whatever um like that doesn't bother me i just it it, the only reason i ever want to pass like in daily life is just because it we're not so accepted that it would just make it easier to kind of flow through life on a daily basis so much easier instead of just going through and having to explain your existence really it's kind of like bisexual actually because Mm -hmm. as as an orientation we've talked about on this show tends to be invisible unless i come out and show up to a meeting and go i'm bi and or you know pan or whatever no one's going to be able to it won't be obvious so unless you show up to a meeting as a trans person if you're passing then it becomes invisible. Yeah, it's exactly. True. And that's why I want I want to be visible. I don't I don't I'm not invisible. Like we're I'm, not going to go right away. Here. We're not going to go back into the shadow. Yeah, absolutely. We're, we're here. And we're fine. We're here. We're queer uh <laughs> gendered. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I have a bone to pick. I have a bone to pick about M to F versus F to M. I love it. I mean, female to male, male to female. But damn it, we are all pretty much dyslexic at this point, and I don't know why we're culturally that dyslexic. But can we say like M to Fem so that you end on a Ooh, stronger like note? Yeah. yeah. M so, to Fem. That's so great. then you're focusing on the. So it's like, oh, I have, I have a friend who's trans. They're M to F, and you go, oh, um, and you have to like do math. Like, what, um, <laughs> I do flow that chart. too, though. I'm like, wait. M to oh yeah the M to F carry the one because I find the yeah. most important thing is to know where they are now uh, in their identity. Mm-hmm. So M to Fem, it's like okay they're Fem, um, whatever that means. And then like what F to man, F to man, F to men, F to male. I I, I, mean, I want it to be a, a nice little like a nice sound. saying. Sorry, yeah. M to yeah. FM sounds rhymes. Yeah, Sorry, I JT. Am, that's okay. F to masculine doesn't really work. <laughs> Yeah, it's too long. It's yeah. But anyway, I just have an issue with those because, w- come on, we all, like when we were de- developing new language and we're confused by our own language, it's like, yeah. uh. <laughs> I know, and it's That's funny. That's a good be- point. Yeah, because, yeah, and I would say, like, my advice would be like, well, just say, you know, I have a trans female friend, but then people ask, well, wait, wait, when you say trans female. They don't know which side of the yeah, uh, exactly. flow chart it is. <laughs> yeah. And with trans I think you have to assume if you say someone's a trans female, then they're, I'm thinking about <laughs> it now, um, <laughs> M to F. Yeah. M yes. to Fem. Yes. M to Fem. <laughs> and if you say I have a trans man friend, then they're F to M. See, it is hard. It is really it tricky. It is. I mean, that's the funny thing about like being trans is that your whole 
world becomes addendums. It's like, I'm going to say <laughs> this language and then I'm going to explain it and then I'm going to explain this and then I'm going to, you know, asterisk, back, uh, off, yeah, asterisk, back off, say this and then tell you my sentence. I was hanging out with some peeps <laughs> and um, this one person who I was totally checking out was mm. wearing this cool vest and had their pronoun taped to their vest. Oh. So it said they. Oh, so nice. I didn't even have to ask and be like, ah, oh, sweet. That's awesome. Yeah. Like, we haven't addressed that. Some trans people, or maybe not even trans people identified, use the pronoun they and them as opposed to he and she to kind of combat the binary that we have in a society. But grammar people hate that. Yeah. To call a singular person they and them drives them crazy. It's hilarious. Absolutely <laughs> insane. Yeah, yeah, there was a there was a time when I thought like, oh, you know, actually those kind of make me feel more comfortable. But then I felt like I'm like that's just too complicated. So I just let it go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I like it. I mean, if someone wants to call me they, I'm all for it. Wh- mm-hmm. Whichever. It's you know what it is. It's like the electric car. I was just talking to someone about the electric car. I want to be better for the environment. I want to drive a a vehicle or get around the city in something that works for the world and carbon footprint. Mm -hmm. But until the electric car can be designed for a charge where I'm not afraid I'm going to forget to charge at one time and then be on the side of the road (laughs) and it's, you know, cost effective for purchasing it. It's not fitting into just sort of the ease of, I just want a car to go somewhere. Like I just want to like live life and be around people and the end. And so sometimes when, those new pronoun type things get in your brain and it's like your whole brain system has to slow down to like get around it and Mm -hmm. I care and I want to do it but damn it's hard sometimes so that's why the they yeah and it's hard because you you don't hear about these pronouns until you're an adult or if ever like that's the problem with it is that it's not in your wheelhouse to like understand that not everybody goes by these just these two pronouns that you know right it's pretty it needs to be PSAs, like a fun little like animation or something. Like, that would be great with it. every different gender. Dude, you do I don't stuff. think yeah. you could get every gender, but you could get a lot of stuff in I mean, there. There's 365 days in the year. Come on, we can get all of them. <laughs> all right. Yeah. It's one a day. Fine. Yeah, no. Facebook that stuff. Yeah. Make yeah. it viral. Yeah. 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 Anyway, sex lives. Enough really of this. Fast important conversation about gender roles and being out in the world and stuff. Let's talk about your sex lives. Oh, yeah. Now, this is probably something that, I mean, even just talking to Cameron Esposito a few weeks ago about lesbian sex, there is a certain, like, but what do you do? Mm-hmm. Like, can you have... Like, can you have sex? Have you had sex? Who do you date? Who wants to date you? What's... I don't even. I don't even know where to start. What do you have to say about that? Just the confusion of somebody who's... Not, not, it's not necessarily any of anyone's business what you do. You both are shaking your heads no. But at the same time, there is that curiosity, you have to admit. No? Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. Look, for me, I'm lucky. Like I said, I, I was dating my girlfriend before I transitioned, and then you know we kind of figured it out together. And it was just a lot of trial and error of what I was feeling comfortable with at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, cause there's, you know, there's those periods when you feel really uncomfortable with your own body. So you're just like, I don't even want to look at it. I don't want you to touch me there. I don't want you to touch me here, whatever. So you just start kind of like pinpointing different places, but it was pretty awesome because she was very, um, willing to kind of help me be comfortable in our sex life. So we stopped having penetrative sex like pretty early on in mm-hmm. my transitioning, um, 
and she started I mean I guess you could say like she started treating me more like feminine like she was you know caressing me a lot more and it was it was like a lot it was a lot of, a lot of different and um so the way your partner handles your body exactly yeah because there is a, is there is a way that you handle a man's body differently than a woman's body to mm-hmm. a certain extent you grab their chest differently and what I mean well generally I generally just grope everyone about the same <laughs> so I just move everything around to my liking yeah but um but yeah just I mean just for just for comfort levels it was just kind of interesting to find it and then also i mean let's just be honest i wanted to get fucked and okay. she was just like yes let's do that so we did that and it was amazing and you know for me that means i mean really the only place you can just fuck me in the ass so that's pretty great um but the thing is it's like <laughs> the funniest thing is that when we first tried it she was like yeah that was fun but i'm fucking tired <laughs> Totally. Right. Yeah. <laughs> she was exhausted. Now, in, in terms of words, since we're on cadence right now, what words do you use to describe your genitalia? And, like, you're saying that you're getting fucked in the ass, but are you using, like, are you calling that your vag? Or, like, how are you describing your, your goods? No, for me, because, like, at the place I'm, right, I'm at right now, I'm very comfortable with who I am, with the body that I have and everything. So, for the most part, I'm using, like, the terminology that I've always used. Oh, wait, your puzzle. Oh, yeah, my puzzle. I mean, that's just cute, but... Okay. Like, for the most part, like, I, I don't mind if she, you know, calls it by what it is. Okay, um, so penis. Yeah, penis, your cock, whatever, and anything she wants to do. Like, right now, I'm just like, no, it's fine. Like, I don't I don't mind. Like, I'm happy with what, what I have and who I am, so... Do you ever role play, like, just using different language? Like, clit, that sort of thing? We tried it early on. I found it kind of silly for okay. myself. Okay. Just because... I think I think at the time I was just trying to. <laughs> wow, there is a lot of meltdown comedy going on downstairs <laughs> yes, right now. There is. Can they hear this, Monica? No. Yeah. Whoa, there's like a metal concert happening. Like the whole floor is vibrating. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Yes. Hello. So, yeah. Tell me more about your drunk and stuff. <laughs> so yeah. So I, I found it kind of silly for me, but it was probably because deep down inside I, I was comfortable with what what I have, and I was just I was just like, well, can we try talking? You know, calling it this, and she would, and she would even take the initiative and just call, you know, my my genitals different things mm-hmm. to see where I was at. And um, I mean, it was fine. I, I say silly, but it was just like you know, I don't mind honestly. And I'm gonna be honest, like it's kind of hot when she says like, oh yeah, do you like when I touch your girl cock? Like I'm like, fuck yeah, oh, I love it. It's amazing. Nice. Do it more, girl cock. Yeah, cool. Um, so, and then my thought goes to, well, if she wants to get penetrated, Mm -hmm. do you strap on or how does that Um, work? Yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty much how, how it goes down. Okay. I mean, that's, I feel, it feels so personal. No, it's totally fine. But at the same time, it's like, well, no, really. I mean, sometimes you're like, I feel like having something inside me. It can be your fist. It can be your penis. It can be a strap on. Yeah. There was a, there was a time when I thought, I'm like, well, maybe, I mean, maybe I could still like, you know use my i mean it's there like that's what it's you know that's what it's there for like i could totally use it but um like i said it's harder to like, kind of like keep an erection or even you know like get one sometimes so and and i think strap-ons are hot so mm-hmm. it's, it's it kind of works works in my favor just be like yeah no i'll just strap on and that's how we'll go are you now like dude that is hard wait wait what you know in terms of it being tiring you know you said your girlfriend was oh like um no not at all <laughs> like it's fine Fine. Yeah. <laughs> years of practice, I guess. <laughs> yeah. All right. Interesting. You build those muscles. So, because, I mean, when sex happens, it's sort of as you just get turned on and kind of sl- want to slam your body up against somebody else and oh, yeah. bite yeah, them a much. lot. Yeah. Or yeah. similar. 
I mean, that's the thing, too. Like, my sex life changed. I mean, I, I talk about, like, you know, not having penetrative sex and, you know, having penetrative sex, like, you know, getting, you know, for me getting fucked and all that stuff. But for the most part, just our sex life in general just changed because there was a lot more, you know, closeness in, in the sense of, like, you know, we started having to use our hands and the kind of, like, being really pressed up against each other and kind of finding new ways to do things. So it actually, for me, I think more so just because I was more comfortable being able to act the way I wanted to act in the mm-hmm. bedroom it became way more intimate. Like it was, it was, it wasn't more so like I was putting on a show and I was like, this is how I'm going to, I mean, fuck this is like traditional. This, this is a uh, penetrative. This is what we're supposed to do. Yeah. Like we'll do this and this and this, and then I'm going to fuck you. And mm-hmm. it is now is more just kind of like, Oh my God, I want you. Let's just rip each other's clothes off and figure it out as we go along. Yeah. And it was way better. Last question before we move to JT about this. So since your erection changes now, um, and especially because people might, um, want to get off with a soft cock for many reasons, mm-hmm. What tends to be the thing if you're soft? Like, is it still genital massage or is it more of a humping motion? Or, like, what generally gets you there? Because that interests me in terms of just um, stimulating nerve endings. Yeah, massage is fine if it's not, like, too... um like too firm mm-hmm. like a lot of times um it, it just tends to push more blood out so it's like it like the nerve endings get you know a little um less sensitive but yeah um like definitely like um just like kind of more of a humping sensation is amazing mm-hmm. especially like you know on the thigh mm-hmm. it's pretty great humping oh yeah it's a nice option for many people yes, yes oh yes is. jt break it down now yes um, <laughs> 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 um well for me it's kind of interesting because as I came into my trans identity, I came into my submissive identity at the same time. Oh, really? Yeah. So play with like a female dom calling me a boy or treating me like a man kind of helped me come into my trans identity. But... Um, for me, sex is really, it's changed a lot in the sense that I feel more, in, if it's not BDSM or SNM related, I feel like I'm more in control of the situation mm-hmm. and like more responsible for what's going on mm-hmm. in the situation. Um, but I don't know. I like cadence. I'm okay with all my parts. Mm-hmm. I like vaginal penetration. I like anal penetration. But when it does come to clitoral stimulation, I prefer if it's called my cock or my dick. Mm-hmm. Um, especially because with testosterone, it makes my clit grow. So, like, a different type of stimulation is more arousing for me now. Okay. At rest, is your clit bigger, or do you mean? Or you're sorry. <laughs> See, oh my God, I used the clear language, but then it's again, okay. you said that you're okay. But then, yeah, like, no, but it's okay. Do you mean that it's the same size at rest than it was before, or even unaroused? It's larger now. It, unaroused, it's larger. Okay, like it gets noticeably bigger, and in the sense that. I notice when I get turned on now, like my clit gets bigger and harder. And um, so it's not just like, oh, I feel turned on. There's actually like a physical response now. Awesome. Have you tried? Because I've been curious about like just even sex toys and things that have worked Mm -hmm. for you too. But like um, nipple, um, what are the snake bite kits or clit pumps? Um, Those little... 
whatever the nipple cylinders um nipple bulbs or oh. the ox balls nipple bulbs you've tried the nipple bulbs too i haven't tried them i want to okay because they come with the little rings so i think that with the nipple bulbs i'd be able to pump my clit and or cock and like, like cock ring or cock clock (laughs) (laughs) but definitely and puts a little ring around it like a cock ring yeah definitely i think that would be really cool i haven't experimented with pumping yet but it's on my list i'm just curious because i've I've heard that that's a a neat option well snake bite kits i have tried and they're pretty cool even on the nipples or on your clit cock whatever you want to call it it um it brings more blood to the area so there's definitely going to be more sensitivity cool yeah 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 yeah. Ooh. yeah yeah break out that man voice yeah and then you were talking about sex toys so it reminded me one of the whenever a really good way to like get off um even if like my penis is like soft is um like i mean if the audience doesn't know what tucking is but it's basically just I immediately like, think Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> and I think most people, I mean, really, that was yeah. the one thing that, you know, you've seen it in a movie. Yeah. Have seen. Yeah, so pretty much, yeah. So, like, you kind of, like, push the testicles up back into your body and then you kind of, like, pull your penis back, um, like, between your legs. Mm-hmm. But then, like, because what I do is I, I wear, like, a pair of underwear and then bikini bottoms. And that really just keeps everything, like, nice and flat. Um, keeping it like that and then Hitachi, done. That's perfect because then it's like it I get aroused and maybe it'll get a little bit erect, but it's like all still kind of down there. So it's like not out and then you're not looking at it and mm-hmm. and the vibration is just enough. And you're just kind of like, you know, just rubbing it up and down, back and forth. It's, it's pretty great. And your head then is like more between your legs. Yeah, it's right? more between. The, yeah. So you kind of like, you know, go down mm-hmm. a little lower, come back up higher. It's, it's pretty great. It's when you say bikini bottoms, like actually from the beach. Yeah. Like okay, because like they, they're more reinforced. Yeah. You mean? Oh, okay. Yeah, I've actually been wanting to, like, make underwear that was, like, made out of bikini material, but, like, like just something different. Like, like, gaffs are pretty basic. Gaffs being the underwear for male-bodied individuals to help tuck, right? Yeah, I haven't tried them, like, because I just read online. I was like, oh, yeah, bikini bottoms are perfect. And, yeah, they pretty much keep everything. And you can get nice them in any and color. Oh, yeah. And they're adorable. Um, OGT. Yeah. I don't want to end this before asking... To more in-depth questions. Mm-hmm. You said that now that testosterone has changed your body a little bit, sensation is different in terms of how you like to play with your cock. Yes. Like, um, before testosterone, I like more of the, like, surface massage. But now I like it more when you kind of grab it as if it is a cock. And, like, with it being larger, you can get underneath it and get sensitivity from underneath the clit as opposed to just on the tip or the sides of it. Because it's protruding from the body enough that it's got a shaft. Yes. It's little, but it's there. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. It is plenty of cock, JT. That's right. It's not about the size. (laughs) It's how you use it. But when you say get underneath, because I'm imagining that um, Uh the clitoral hood, did that grow as well, or is it more just chilling? It's more just chilling. Like the actual clitoris gets bigger. Um, I've only been on to you for about eight months now, but it actually... 
in longer growth, it actually forms almost a little head. Wow, that's yeah. so neat. Isn't that cool? I can't wait. <laughs> it's all the same stuff. It just grew differently. Exactly. It's fascinating. Yeah. yeah. Because now, in terms of, I don't know how your sensitivity, cl- the clit sensitivity, just, mm-hmm. just period, before tea... Like my clit, if you, if even if I'm turned on, if you're just like rubbing my clit, I'm just like get away from my clit, touch my clit hood, you know, like that sort of like, uh-huh. you know, let's let's be calm let's about this <laughs> this yeah. clit. But did you notice a sensation difference, or was your clit able to be before tea, and then now when the cock has grown? Well, for me, like I don't have a whole lot of sensitivity in my clit, like before tea, but. Since I've been on testosterone, it's completely increased the sensitivity. But in a good way where you can still play with it, not like in an over-sensation way? Right. Okay. Not in over-sensation, but just in a really fun way. Awesome. Yeah. Wow, guys. Yeah. Did, did we do it? I'm like, feel. I'm <laughs> feeling just, that was a lot of, that was, that was a really, I feel like that was a great, I mean, it's, it, it's a thorough, but basic overview yeah it was pretty dense <laughs> it was it's, yeah it, there's so much to talk about i mean we haven't even gotten to like bathroom i mean we talked a little bit about bathrooms but as far as like bathroom safety being assaulted because that happened to me um you know just yeah, kind of being around that's happened to you um i was going to the bathroom I, I had i was out and i was drinking a little bit so i had to keep going to the restroom because that's what happens when you start taking the um estrogen. The pills and the estrogen mm-hmm. thing. so i was in in and out of there a lot and on my way out one time, um, one of the times... Uh, the women's bathroom? The women's bathroom, yeah. Um, one of the ladies grabbed my arm and wouldn't let me leave and was just like, why do you keep coming in here? Why are you in here so much? What's going on? And she was like holding a drink, so clearly she was uh-huh. pretty drunk. Um, but she wouldn't let me go. And I was trying to pull away and she was just like, what are you doing in here? What are you doing? Are you a girl or are you a boy? Are you a girl or are you a boy? And she wouldn't stop asking. Oh my God, that's so stressful. And every time I kept telling her like, no, I'm a girl, I'm a girl, I'm a girl. And then she just kind of like looked down at my crotch and was just like, yeah, bullshit. And then she pushed me away. Oh my God. Yeah. I cried for like so long. Oh, it's yeah. so traumatic, <laughs> especially awful. when you're drunk and you, you know, your system's down a little bit in terms of handling and then someone's being that aggressive. Yeah. And then you don't know what to do. Cause like. At the time, I was so terrified. I was like, I can't go tell a manager. I can't go tell anybody. I can't. I can't tell anybody. I can't call the cops. I can't do anything because, like, they're probably gonna take her side. Like, that's how I felt. It was just like, no. But it's like, yeah. But you have a penis. You should. Let me see your ID. Yeah, you shouldn't have been in there. What were you doing in there? And it's just like, yeah, you feel helpless. So I basically just went back to my girlfriend, told her what happened. Immediately started crying. She's like, we gotta go. You can't. You can't be like crying in the middle. I mean, like. She didn't mind that I was crying, but she was like, do you want to go? Like, if you don't want to be crying in the middle of this place. So we just went to the, you know, parking lot and it's just kind of dealing with it. And the same thing for me, like, all my life since I've been getting surged forever, the most stressful place to go is the bathroom. Yeah, public restrooms are the worst. And you're just trying to take care of your most basic need. But... You go in there, and I would always go in there with my shoulders back, my hands on my stomach, kind of pressing out my breasts, so people wouldn't question me. But oh, I going st- to the women's restroom. Yeah, going into the women's restroom. Um, but every time I would go in there, it would always be like, looks or what are you doing in here? Which is understandable, because 
Restrooms are really a vulnerable space for everyone. Women get raped in restrooms all the time. And men, I don't know. For me, I'm scared to go in either restroom Mm -hmm. because I sure don't fit in the women's restroom. But if I go in the men's restroom and they realize I'm female, it's like, what's going to happen? It's just like a... It's a risk anytime you have to go. Oh, that's stressful. I mean, I bet, do you have strong mental maps of which uh, like businesses have gender-neutral bathrooms? There's actually a, an app, and I don't know what it's called, but it shows places in the area that have gender-neutral restrooms. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Your personal safety is at risk. That's an important one. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and it's just like you said, like that's the problem. Like early on for me, I was the same way as like if I go into the men's restroom, I feel like I'm gonna get my ass kicked. And if I go into the women's restroom, I feel like I'm gonna get the cops called on me. Like so it's just like I wouldn't go. Like there was there was times when we would ha- my girlfriend and I would have to leave places because I was like, I have to pee and she's like, Well, I can come with you and then I would just have a panic attack because I didn't know what to do. I was like, should I go? Should I not go? And it's like, it's so stupid. It's like, I have to pee. Like, it's the only thing that I had to do. And I'm freaking out about it. No, but a lot of trans people, home. don't they just like hold it or don't just stay dehydrated all day so they oh, don't yeah, have to that, use the yeah, restroom? That's, that's a trick I do all the time. It's like, oh, if we're going to go out, like I'm not going to drink any water all day. It's also affecting your brain chemistry because to be dehydrated, you can't think clearly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's not healthy. No, it's, it's terrifying. Like, it's really terrifying. Yeah. <sighs> Ideally, people can grow to a certain amount of awareness. Ideally, we all, just as people, can find find it safe enough in our lives to express whatever it is that we feel inside, whether it be on the gender spectrum or our kink spectrum or our orientation or whatever, just personality. A lot of people repress personality traits. People yeah. try and be just simple things. If we all just sort of can find and settle into, like, the real us. I'm yeah. making this little, like, settling in motion. <laughs> like, the w- we'd all be way more relaxed. Oh, absolutely. It would be so much better to just be okay with you. Yeah. And I know we're running short on time, but before, I just want to say that for anybody out there that is thinking about transitioning, is, you know, questioning it, or just wants to look up stuff, you know, read a lot, find friends you can confide in, but... My main thing that I'll always say is that if you do start transitioning, it's going to be really great at first and then shit's going to get hard. Mm. Like that's, that is, that's just the reality of it. And she said that to me and I'm like, that hits it on the head. Like exactly. It's going to be great, but then it gets really fucking hard. Because right, it feels like a happy go lucky sprint at first. Like woo mm-hmm. me. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh shit, this is a marathon. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Get tired. Yeah. And you have to have patience. Because I remember early on, I would see pictures of trans girls and be like, oh my God, if I could be half as pretty or half as cute as she is, mm-hmm. I would be, I would be so happy. And then I just heard the other day that somebody saw a picture of me who's thinking about transitioning. And they're like, oh my God, if I could be half as pretty Aww. as she could be. It's so cool. So I was like, yeah. Yay. That's so great. So yeah. patience. Yeah, and, and a support system. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. If you're in a toxic situation, definitely seeking support. Do you have any resources specifically that come to mind? Well, for young people, there's the Trevor Project, mm-hmm. which is a LGBT um, suicide prevention hotline. Um, and I don't know the number, but the website is Trevor Project. And it's an amazing resource. Great. 
if you're feeling upset or just need to talk to someone, it's a really good one. Yeah. Right, because suicide rates and depression rates are really high. Yeah, yeah they're huge. Absolutely. Yeah. And, like, I don't know anything cool like that, but if you're just looking for just, like, basic resources, just people to reach out, I mean, Reddit was the best place for me. Really? Like, Reddit, it was just our, what was it, our transgender and our ask transgender. And so, like, I was in there every day just asking questions or reading other people's questions, just trying to reach out, trying to get information. And I have seen a couple of times where people were, like, in really bad situations, and somehow everybody rallied together and got them out of it and brought them over somewhere else to live in another state and different things like that. But if you're just looking for basic information, friends, somebody to tell you that you're okay and you're normal and that to calm down and you'll figure it out as you go along, that, that's just, that was perfect for me. All right. Well, do you want to promote anything? Your websites, your art, your Twitter handle, anything? No. We know we're I on mean, first first name basis here. I know yeah. Cadence and JT. I mean, yeah. If you, I mean, if you want to follow me on Twitter, it's Cadence Gallo. Spell it, please. So it's K A Y D E N C E G A L L O. All right. At Cadence Gallo. Oh uh, yeah, no. No, it's just <laughs> right. me. Just you, <laughs> just JT. Just JT. And you're enough, JT. Thank you. Just the way you are. <laughs> all right. This, I feel like this was a reading rainbow special or something. <laughs> you know, know like, oh. All right. I'm so happy. Go Team Fun on the count of three. One, two, three. Go, Go Team, team Fun! fun.